0: Hello and welcome to Speak Up, the sustainability podcast hosted by Apparel. We take a step behind the scenes of organizations, large and small, to discover their journey towards sustainability, highlighting their challenges, triumphs, and plans for the future. In today's episode, we have the founder of a grassroots organization we've been working with recently who are making a massive impact. However, if you aren't working directly with them, you may have never heard of them and the fantastic work they do. And this organization is The Homeless Project. So please welcome Stuart Allen. How are you doing today, Stuart?
1: Very good, thank you.
0: That's so good. Um, How was your trip down to Brayside? I know that you're along the peninsula, so it's not too far from here, is it? That's
1: right. In fact, I live (laughs) very close to my work and uh, it's all down in the the peninsula.
0: I know how that is. I, um, you know, strategically got a warehouse so close to my home. So (laughs) I know how important that that balance is. Um, So I've heard a little bit about what you guys do. And, you know, we have been working with you, but I'm, I'm super keen to dive deeper in, into exactly what, um, you're doing with the homeless project and Bayside homeless housing. Um, and I'd love to hear some stories about, you know, um, your experiences and how you managed to make such an incredible impact in so many different ways. So, um, if you could start off and tell me a bit more about the homeless project.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, it's been running for just several years, Mm -hmm. but we think we've already made quite an impact. Yeah. Our operation uh, houses about 65 people in 65 bedrooms in the Frankston area. And, yeah, we just aim to help people who've been homeless or at risk. Um, Many of our clients have been living in their cars or in in squats um, or just, you know, they've been kicked out of their house for Mm -hmm. a variety of reasons or they've just, you know, the courts have kicked them out or they've got out of jail or out of a psych ward. They haven't got anywhere to go, um, so we provide them with accommodation.
0: And so, what? How did you start uh, the homeless project? How How did you get into this?
1: Okay, yeah. So I, I used to be in the in the art game. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an art gallery, and everything was running really well wow. and uh, making some money and dealing with wonderful people. Um, and I did that for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. and And then I, I, I thought, well, maybe life's too easy, so I, I sold it all. And then I bought a yacht and oh. sailed around the world. <laughs> no. and, yeah, no.
0: <laughs> but um,
1: while I was sailing, um, I was thinking maybe there's something I can, some more that I can do to help either the environment or people. And I started formulating an idea of, um, of housing. And when I got back to Australia, I started sort of buying houses with, um, with, with savings. And, and instead of putting high-functioning people in them, I put sort of the lower-functioning yeah. uh, homeless people in those houses. And it's grown from there
0: that's what an incredible I guess journey
1: yes yeah yeah that you've
0: been on and you know quite a few different life experiences there that's like really incredible so are you able to what is I'm really curious about this um, what are some of the common challenges that you face I guess daily um, with the the housing
1: okay well you know our, our tenants are are highly dysfunctional. Yes, and we've all watched Big Brother. Yes, and in Big Brother, you've got supposedly high functioning people, <laughs> but imagine putting it, having similar houses with low functioning people living in them. So you've got all those sort of issues, um, and trying to control that, manage those people, and and sort of steer them in a in a better direction, and make them make uh, better decisions about you know. Their behaviors, yeah. So um, we we think it works. One of one of the key um, techniques that we have is is trying to put only one person of each category into the houses.
0: Is that something you worked out on your own? Yeah,
1: we worked it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, I mean, it started off you put two alcoholics, yeah. reforming alcoholics, and they yeah. start drinking together and it becomes really messy. Oh my goodness! So I'm now just, we actually yeah. try and put like one ex heroin addict, mm-hmm. you know, one, you know, ex gambler, yeah. you know. Um, only sort of one youngish person. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you end up with a, a party house, yes, and you yep. know, one of every kind. And it actually works. It's a good formula. It's
0: like this, uh, like a like harmony of um, just all these different types of personalities, yes. I guess. Mm. And so, what would you say? I guess, I guess, trying to work that out daily. What would you say your main role is there, though? Like,
1: I'm like just a kind of an overseer in a yeah. way, where mm-hmm. I I try and um Encourage the house to run the house. Um, we'll elect democratically a leader for the house, and that that leader sort of deals with the day to day operation. And anything that they can't resolve, they give me a call, and then I come in and sort of offer some advice. Um, sometimes we need to evict people; call the police. Yeah, um, but that tends to work.
0: And so, do these these people that have been displaced? Um, do they do they find you? Is there is that down? Uh, Dan Frankston way is it is it sort of does does everyone sort of know about you? Does everyone know Stuart and his um his accommodation or is it is there like a directory that they refer to? How does that work?
1: Yeah, well, generally, um, if you become homeless, mm-hmm. you tend to go to a crisis centre. Okay, um, and there's a number of those around Victoria. Yeah, um, in fact, every major city, every town, generally has one. In Melbourne, there'd be several. There'd probably be a dozen or so. So you know, you'd find your way to a crisis centre if you're living in a, you know, if you're living in a squatter in a car or on a beach. The police or a community group might find you and say and direct you to that mm-hmm. crisis centre. And then the crisis centre, then they work with that person and sort of send them to people like me.
0: Okay, wow. So um, the change cycle. I would love to hear more about what the change cycle is.
1: Okay, so that was a program we ran where we you know, a lot of our guys are idle and, um, you know, there's an old saying, you know, the surest way to kill a person is to, is to pay them to do nothing, Mm -hmm. which is effectively what we do with unemployment benefits. There's no work for the doll scheme. So people just sit around they're idle, and they get bored and they drink and they do drugs Mm -hmm. and they're just bored and depressed. So we thought, how can we empower them to, to, to learn skills and, and maybe, uh, feel better about themselves. And, and so we decided to, um, run the change cycle, which is where we get the community to gift us bicycles, and those bicycles are in our various states of disrepair. Then we've linked in with local um, bike repair stores. Yeah. And so they uh, they will teach our guys free of charge how to fix bikes. And so once the bikes are repaired, we then do a road That's trip incredible. to – incredible. Yeah, to Coupapede. And we've um, – Wow. And there's a Aboriginal group over there that we've been supplying bikes with. So, uh, yeah, we take over like 60 or 80 bikes at a time and um, – We've done that like you know, three or four years in a row. Um,
0: that's incredible, and I think more people should know about this. It's, it's just amazing. Um, so are you able to tell me where actually I'm trying to, I'm it's all coming to me like where the name came from, but are you able to explain how you came up with the name The Change Cycle?
1: Well, the change, yeah, cycle, you know, we're, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's kind of spelt out, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? But yeah, yeah, <laughs> but,
1: yeah, yeah, we want. We want change and um, the word cycle works with bicycles and, and there's the cycle, the, the terrible cycle that a lot of people experience in homelessness. Yeah. We're trying to break them out of that, that, that sort of dead-end cycle to a, to a better cycle, spiralling up instead of spiralling down.
0: I guess besides all like the obvious um, ways that um, this uh, project is, you know, having a positive impact on the people involved, are you able to sort of like I guess spell that out, um, go a bit deeper into that, and how that's actually um, pos- positively impacting all involved in 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 the project? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, look by giving people accommodation, yeah, and. Um, they can get clean, they've got a shower, they've got access to food. Um, you know, we, we've we created a range of different projects. We make them feel better about themselves. We try to employ them where we can. Mm-hmm. We get them back into the workforce. And then we find that someone who hasn't had a car for many years or a girlfriend for many years, um, suddenly they, they've, they've got a car yeah. and then they've got a girlfriend. Yeah. And then they're saying, Stuart, we're going to actually get our own apartment. Um, wow. And that's that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really incredible. So, uh, obviously, at some point in this podcast, we we will touch on sustainability because you know this is what we're all about here. So, how would you say um, the homeless project and bayside homeless housing um, is making an effort to be more sustainable?
1: Okay, so in pretty much every way, yeah, sustainable. <laughs> Firstly, we we choose um, the properties where we house our people um, very close in to. To CBDs of of regional areas, so that um, they can they can walk to the train station, walk to the shops. There's not a reliance on the motor vehicle. Uh, the the houses that we have have usually got 15 kilowatts of solar on the roof, so the uh, the power supply for the house is very low. We've got yep. water tanks, all of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, we furnish all of our properties, mm-hmm. so we give everyone a TV, a bed, linen, crockery, cutlery, all of that sort of stuff, and we get that largely from Facebook and Gumtree Freebies. So rather than having to go, you know, to get China to to make us stuff, you know, which affects our balance of payments deficit Mm -hmm, and affects, you know, effectively what humans do is all we do as humans is we dig stuff out of the ground, Mm -hmm. we turn it into stuff, we use it for a while, and then we put it back into the ground. And if we can keep it out of the ground Mm -hmm. for a while, a while longer, um, I mean, that's good for for everyone. So I guess... um, a lot of the things that we that we use, they don't, they don't last that long. No. Because there's often a lot of aggression and yeah. a lot of misuse of our property. So you know, if we can get a second-hand bed, a second-hand mattress that's clean and, um, you know, that was going to go to landfill, and if, it, if we can use it for another year before it goes to landfill, then that's it's better than buying a brand new one.
0: Yeah. There's um, there's so many. and We already uh, work together, uh, but just hearing what you're saying now i i know there's so many other ways that we can um you know work with you guys and 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 provide you uh with with items to use in your um in in your homes that's right
1: i mean you've been great for us um you know the fact that you're effectively passing on clothes that we're going to go to landfill yeah and that we can then uh gift to our our who largely have never had enough money to be able to go and buy brand-new clothes. This yep. makes a huge impact for these people. And, um, look, one of probably one of the best things is um, one of our biggest threats is the police, believe it or not. The police take away our clients because our clients do a lot of shoplifting. Yes. And um, and it happens so frequently where, you know, you'll find that so-and-so has been taken away to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've noticed a big difference ever since you've supplied us with clothes. People now in our, in our houses, well, there's basically a sense of abundance. You know, we're already giving them free food. Um, now they've got free clothing. They don't really need to steal anymore. So this has a, has a big effect, I think. Like these, these guys that, um, that shoplift, you know, they affect the whole community. Um, if you think about, um, you know, when we go to buy clothes, from a from a fashion store, those clothes have often been marked up a bit mm-hmm. because there's a lot of clothes getting stolen. If we can if we can slow down the amount of clothes that get stolen, effectively it brings pre- cheaper clothes to the average con- consumer, mm-hmm. and it's a better outcome for our clients as well. Yeah,
0: it's um, it's I you told me that story uh, a few couple, maybe a month or two ago now about how you know. Um, it's not just providing it's not just putting clothes on their backs it's uh, it's their where we're helping their self-esteem where where clothes are just changing their lives in in so many more ways than just dressing them essentially. And I had, I, I didn't even think about shoplifting or anything like that. And just knowing that they're, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're not shoplifting anymore because they're, they've got these, these clothes that they feel really good and confident in. It's, um, I don't know. It just, it really makes you really proud of, of, of what we're doing and, and, and our partnership together. Um, you know, which is, it's, it's unreal. Um, would you find that the, the homeless project itself, do you feel that, does that create a lot of textile waste? I know you are saying that things don't last that long, but in, you know, the scheme of things, is it, does it, do you guys produce a lot of textile waste?
1: We do actually, and I know that you are in the business as well of uh, recycling mm-hmm. um, textile waste. Yes. However, our textile waste is pretty putrid yeah. by the time it gets to. Um, and we've we've thought about you know do we bundle it up and bring it to your doorstep? Yeah. It will require extensive cleaning. Yeah. It's it's probably too highly contaminated.
0: Yeah, and and, and see, for us, like we don't accept underwear um, for ohationist reasons. So it's there's a lot there's items where we 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 just can't accept for that. You know, we just don't have those. Uh, I don't. I guess the process is in place yet to be able to accept items that you know are soiled or yeah. it, it's just uh, you know we we have human beings that are sorting through items in the warehouse, so it's just not. I guess we're not at that. Stage that's right. Yet.
1: Yeah. There's you know there could quite easily be sharps in there as well, like feces and and you know yeah. blood and, and and whatnot. So yeah.
0: Yeah. See, I didn't even think of like sharps, mm. and that's mm. a that that's a. That would be a pretty, I don't want to say a common thing, but um, a likely item that you may find amongst the the textiles, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, so I guess the question is not how did you discover apparel because it was actually me that found you guys and um, I was uh, doing a Google search trying to find grassroots organizations, uh, because, you know, we work with a lot of, um, charities and not for profits. Um, a lot of the times these items go into op shops, um, which is really great. And then the, whatever gets sold, those funds then go back into communities, um, which is really great. But I was sort of more wanting to find organizations that work directly with people in need, um, and I guess Stuart's organization came up. And I believe I didn't even think I sent you an email. I think I called you straight away. You did, yeah. and I, th- I I believe it was probably a one week later that we were uh, providing you guys with with textiles and or with clothing for um for the people in your in your rooms. So, I'm so happy that we found you. <laughs>
1: yeah, thanks for reaching out. That's yeah, great. no,
0: it's it, it's it's been awesome. And so I'd love to. I, I know you've got the uh, Bayside Homeless Housing and the Homeless Project. It's not it's not just rooms. There is you, you're doing so much, and um, you know. You, uh, you've got the the, um, the change cycle as well, but you've also got two other things that I know of. I'm sure there's other um, other projects that you're doing, but one of them is the um, the book you've just commissioned, and also the B project. Um, can we can we chat about the book?
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, so the book is called um, Building Better Schools: yeah. um, Evidence Based Something. <laughs> and, um, and it was actually commissioned with the view that homelessness often starts at a school level. You think about, um, you know, your, your experiences at school with mm-hmm. bullying and prejudice yep. and a whole range of other issues and how those schools deal with um, with that sort of behaviour and, you know, when you feel that you've been treated badly. So every year in Australia uh, every school is expected to update their school policies and that's often left to the um, to the school administrators and teachers, yeah, and they're not necessarily equipped or have the time to do that. So what we've done is we've got a group of um, of psychologists and uh, I guess industry professionals who who do this as a as a job, researchers, and they have put together the book. And we we haven't um, bankrolled the whole book, but we've done the lion's share of the contribution. Um, so the other thing we've did is we've made that book. Uh, free of charge. Yeah. So rather than make a profit out of, it, we've actually paid. Um, I think it was Routledge, the the producers of the the uh, the printers of the book, paid them to be able to um, do free online downloads, so that people can just grab any part of that book that they want wow. and just just adopt it as their school policy for that year. And so the idea is that that um, you know those policies will be updated on an, on a sort of I guess a three year um, basis. Basis, yeah, yeah, and. And it's already had amazing success. Um, there've been—I'm not quite sure how many downloads, but there've been, I think, like many, many thousands of downloads. Um,
0: and how do people? How are people able to, I guess, find this and download it? And and
1: just Google it. Just Google um, it. Building, just building better schools. Building uh, better schools. Evidence-based. Okay. Something. I forgot and my last word that we used. <laughs>
0: how have um, schools been able to find out about it?
1: Well, uh, there's various marketing yeah, techniques okay. that we've, you know, we've. we've Got the message out. Yeah, um, I guess it's, it's, it's
0: school community sort of. I guess if you're in that space, then you'll um, that's right find out about it. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and the other project that we're currently working on is, um, you know, the concept of introducing uh, beehives yes into an urban environment. It's yeah. it's not a new idea, but you know, doing it in a, in a place where there's groups of homeless people or, or people who are recently homeless. So in the backyard. We aim to put a few beehives and then skill up um, interested people in how to become apiarists. and um, it's quite a, you know, it's quite a specialized technique required, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll provide them with the suits and the um, protective wear. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, they can produce honey, um, and of course, as you as you probably know, like we've we hear about it all the time how bees are being threatened by pesticides and and invasive species, um, and and they're actually um, you know, there's, there's threats, there's, there's pest threats from overseas that could really destroy our um, our bees in this country. It's
0: quite terrifying. Yeah,
1: in which case there'll be no food on our tables. I mean, it really does affect humanity well, and life on this planet. They do
0: say that without bees we'll have four years left on this earth.
1: Wow. That's, yeah, that's, um, it's
0: a, yeah.
1: I, I think there are other insects that do pollinate, um that pollinate flowers. You However, know. the bees do the lion's share. Yeah, yeah they,
0: they're yeah. like the... I, it's it's funny I, I walk my kids to school every morning and um, at the the track that we walk down there's recently someone's got quite a large beehive in their backyard and they've got a big sign and um, they sell the honey and I just I, I want to see more of that mm, mm. I, I'd love to implement something like that in my backyard but I just don't think it's big enough and I don't trust my um my four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, Not yet. Yeah. Look, if you get
1: Italian bees, okay, they're the most placid bees.
0: How do you start? How do you start that though? How do you implement that in your own backyard? Buy a hive. You just buy a hive. Buy a
1: hive with, um, obviously, with a, with a queen, and obviously, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's got to be populated. Um, you know, you can get a swarm. Okay. Um, someone who knows how to collect from swarms. Wow. See what happens is the. The bees reach a certain um, population in yes, their hive, yes. and then they decide they need to sort of divide, and half the swarm they just swarm off. They make another, swarm. make another queen, and um, and they they head off and they try and find another home. So <clears throat> it's um, it's not difficult. To go and grab that swarm that might be just hanging out on the side of a tree.
0: Go, go get the swarm, yeah. Molly. Seriously,
1: <laughs> put it in a box. Put it in the back of your car. So obviously,
0: it, I love yeah. how easy this <laughs> sounds. Well, yeah. make yeah.
1: sure you've got a pickup, not inside the cabin. <laughs> and um, yeah. and, uh, and you can just repopulate a hive that way.
0: So, um, I slightly off-topic. Government funding. Is there any? Do you get any assistance? Any, is there any grants, any funding at all from government? Um,
1: possibly, but we don't no. we don't we don't grab any of that. No, no. you're not interested? No. You
0: haven't delved into that? Not
1: really. Um, I mean uh, it's um it goes against our, I guess our our core value. Okay. I mean yep. what but we'll probably end up doing it. Yeah. Um, see I guess what we'd really like to do is Purpose build more houses for people who are homeless at risk, mm-hmm. and we think we can do it really well. In fact, we built one a few years ago that's that's done surprisingly well. Um, it's a nine-bedroom house. It's on a small footprint of land. It's very solidly built. Um, it's got it's got um, ten kitchens. Oh wow! And nine bathrooms and and the people that live in that house, you know, had all been through that whole revolving door process of homelessness for many years yeah but we've barely had a change of tenancy from the first group of people we put in that house mm-hmm. so we basically made it uh furnished it and the first group that we put in there are still living there and that's three years later so we figure we've it's almost been a cure they're all happy as well which is which is great yes um and we'd like to do more of that but each house obviously costs um you know the land alone mm-hmm. costs, you know, several hundred thousand dollars yeah, plus
0: especially in this day and yeah. age. <laughs> and the
1: bill is probably about six hundred. So you're looking at a lot of money. And, you know, it's very hard fundraising for that kind of money. So, you know, maybe there'll be a government grant at some stage. But predominantly what we like to do is um is just get secondhand stuff yeah. and, and sort of hobble together things and and sort of be more sustainable and and that's been working for us really well.
0: You know, I I just I just built my home and, um, you know, I could go and buy brand new things, but my first place, I always go to Facebook marketplace or Gumtree and whatever I'm looking for, I, I I look for it there first. I bought many, many, many things secondhand. Uh, I think it's a really great starting point. I think it's, uh, um, the values that I want to instill into my children, you know, it's this, we live in this world of, you know, take, make, or make, take, dispose, and I just this circularity that you're doing, um, and, and I think you know you're you're doing it so you don't have these huge overheads of buying this stuff brand new. But more to that, you're you're you've got that circular model of, and you, you know you're getting these secondhand items, and and using them again. This is this is how it should be. That's right.
1: Yeah. In fact, um, the house that we recently built. Required over 10,000 bricks. Wow. Um, at least half of them, probably about 6,000 of Secondhand? them. Secondhand? Free. Yeah. For free. Brand new, free oh, bricks. Brand new. Brand new, yeah.
0: Wow. I
1: mean, they don't match, but they were going to get rendered anyway. Yeah. Um, but how handy is that? I mean, you think about it, it's a, a dollar a brick, sometimes a dollar fifty a brick. And uh, maybe we just go and pick them up for free.
0: But isn't it incredible what you can achieve just by just doing a bit of research? You know? That's
1: right, yeah. Just, yeah.
0: Yeah, caring. It's yeah. it's it's when you care. You could just sort of you know not care and 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 then you know end up spending I guess three times as much, right? That's
1: right. It's, exactly.
0: It's caring. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'd love to sort of touch on briefly um, toughest sort of most challenging experiences um, managing the houses.
1: Yeah. Look, some of the most difficult experiences are. Um, Probably more to do with legal issues when you've got to get someone out of the house, okay. and you're you're actually confined to using the uh, the police and, yeah. and VCA.
0: Because I'm sure that's um, not your first step. You, I'm sure you would have tried many other things, and then that's your your last. Um, I guess that's that's you, last the last resort. Your I, last resort. Naturally,
1: reason yeah um, often turns people around yeah. uh, in a positive way. But there are there are a lot of people out there who are just taking advantage of the system mm. and figure that they can exploit the um, you know the lackluster laws that we have. Yeah. So um, I've got one person that I've been going through VCAT at the moment. It's it's taken eight months. She's oh. still there. Wow. Yeah, still there. And um, you know, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. Um, she's causing problems. We need her out. We've we've won the now we've won the finally won the hearing. And um, and the police, you know, they were meant to uh, execute what's called the warrant of possession order. They had fourteen days, but they, you know, they just didn't do it in time. So now I've got to go back to court. So yeah, so she will go. But you know, you just you know that in, in the private sector gets things done very efficiently, but sometimes government drops the ball and uh, they become they're pretty hard to deal with sometimes. Yeah,
0: yeah, that would be. I'd find that really challenging. Um, mm. I wouldn't even know how to manage That's right.
1: that. And the other thing is um, local government and council. Um,
0: I was going to ask you about yeah. local government and council.
1: My my Our enterprise would be so huge mm. if we didn't have to worry about local council. Is
0: it red tape? Or?
1: Massive amount of red tape. Yeah. You know, effectively it's a classic case of not in my backyard. Yeah. I mean they all say that they're interested in solving homelessness.
0: Yeah, because I feel like they believe that they have to say that. They have to say that. Yeah. And,
1: that what they do is they simply create a huge number of barriers to entry, mm-hmm. and one of them is simply just the, um, just the red tape and and just procrastination in getting in, <sighs> in, in permit approval and things like that. Yeah. So you know it, it'll take three years. It's taken us three years on two occasions to do a couple of builds. You know, that's just to get wow. Sorry, that's just to get the permit approval. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's insane. Yeah, and that's
1: that's where <sighs> you're actually. You're not doing anything weird, you know. It's just a standard build. You're not asking for anything special, um, but just the, the the local council has a belief they don't want too many poor people in their area, too many marginalised, because they feel that will decrease property values, and in doing so, it might lower the lower the um, the amount of rates that they can get, and and their bottom line is is lowered. So they're doing it for
0: see. I just find that really sad because if you know. It's it's this it's this common thing where they're not being given this opportunity. So someone has to just put their foot down and be like, we'll, "We'll we'll do it." It's um, it's just really sad how how council and government can and makes things like this that are that are doing so good make it so difficult for for people like you.
1: That's right, of course, yeah, yeah. So it's I mean, it's a pretty dire situation. There's over a hundred thousand people who are homeless in Australia. Yeah. Um, I think that at the moment there's about twenty three thousand in Victoria who are homeless, Um, and if we can give them homes, you know the outcome is so much improved. You know the average life expectancy for someone who's living on the streets is around about forty five to forty six years of age. Wow. Yeah. So that's. Wow. I didn't know that. You know, we can we can turn that around if we can give them houses and and places, safe places to live.
0: Yeah. And um, uh, I'm sure this this is still a topic. uh, on everyone's mind, and probably will be for the next few years still. COVID. How did you manage the homeless project and Bayside homeless housing during lockdowns? It wasn't too hard. Okay, in fact,
1: very few. <laughs> me
0: thinking about it, it sounds like this really difficult process. Yeah,
1: naturally, uh, our our clients are very vulnerable to COVID. Most of them have health health uh health sort of issues yeah you know they're chain smokers many of them are overweight they use drugs they party hard they uh you know they have they have a lot of health issues so if they got covid it would probably you know it could do de- it could devastate them um but we found that very few of them in fact none of our 65 got covid wow um but of course, great. The, the government was wood. yeah, yeah. The, the government was keen on putting people into hotel accommodation, mm-hmm. and they they thought that would be a quite a good solution. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we did have quite a few vacancies during okay. that period. Yeah. In fact, some of our tenants even decided to uh, to move out into hotel accommodation okay. where it was heavily subsidised by by the Australian taxpayer rather than stay in.
0: And has that since um, ceased? Has that
1: Largely, yeah, yeah they've moved them out of hotel accommodation okay. and we're now at 100% capacity again. again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's, I guess you're there when they need you most, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so I guess was there, would you say COVID left any long-lasting changes to the homeless project or it's pretty much gone back to the same?
1: Yeah, maybe uh Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Um, I mean, during COVID, we had to increase our hygiene levels. Yes, of course. Sanitising the houses and wiping them down and have a regime of and bringing a lot more cleaning product. Yeah. But largely, um, yeah, I I noticed... Yeah, it's pretty much going back to back to normal.
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's really great because so many places and organizations uh it changed everything mm. and you know, so many places had to shut down and it's it's really sad what covid's done um to to a lot of organizations. But it's, you know, it's it's really good to hear that you know, largely you were quite unaffected by it. Mm. And I hope, you know, we're at the end of it and um Twenty twenty two can be a bit more, um, you know, brighter. I think. So, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Too. Yeah, I think
1: it will have to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, We've largely just... because we, as a nation, we probably can't afford financially to no. have more lockdowns. hmm Yeah. Yeah. So if the next variant is, is more severe, I think oh we're just going to have to toughen it out.
0: So this is slightly off topic. Uh, one of my friends was telling me the other week that um, so just because. Uh, Omicron is not, you know, I guess it's, if you're going to get COVID, it's the one you want to get, but the next variant, it's sort of, it's like a, like a dice essentially. It's not just because this one's not that contagious doesn't mean the next one's going to be, it can be, I, I don't want to give right. off any, you know, um, <laughs> bad, vibes, bad yeah. <laughs> information, but yeah, the next one could be hugely, mm. um,
1: mm. There's a, new AIDS, and- there's a new AIDS variant that's come out. See,
0: I I said there was something yeah. about that. Yeah, great, cool, awesome.
1: That's more severe than the current AIDS. Oh my god. Because traditionally people think that they, they get sort of less yeah. no, potent not- over time. Yes, yeah,
0: not- endemic. Uh, this is um yes, good news day. Good news day. <laughs> um so the future of the homeless project and um the housing. How how do you plan to grow your impact?
1: Yeah, well, we're very grassroots. Yes. Um, and we're we're so busy mm-hmm. doing our
0: You are so busy,
1: our our, our kind of little micro um projects yep. that um we probably don't have even the time to really focus on growing yeah. the the not-for-profit. I
0: get so, that. I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Sometimes you need to take a step back and really look at um, strategically, the direction that you're going. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's been fun, and and we're pretty happy with. You know, we just take on projects that we're passionate about. Yes. And you know, if we get an interest, and we see oh, that could be really good to involve our, and that could have a good outcome for mm-hmm. our for our clients, then we'll we'll tackle that direction for a while. Um, yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. Mm.
0: Um, how can our listeners? And everyone on our socials, how can we support the Homeless Project in any way? How what? How can we support you guys?
1: Okay, well, um, drop us an email. Yes. And make contact, reach out, and let's listen to what sort of skill sets you have and how you'd like to help. And maybe you know, there's a lot of people out there would like to have, um, you know, we've got a lot of clients that probably need just someone to talk to. Um, someone to buy them a coffee. Yeah. Um, we always need linen and crockery and cutlery. And if yeah. you've got an old TV that's um, doesn't have to be super smart, but yeah. that doesn't have a set top box because that can be sometimes too complex for our guys. Yeah. Um, it's too complex for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You know those sort of those sort of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got a spare block of land you want to give us.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You can give that to me as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's. Um, I think we'll we'll put everything down, we'll, we'll make that um, as visible as possible to everyone and um, I hope we get lots of people reaching out um, to, to uh, you know, lend a hand um, where they can. Um, it's been so great having you, Stuart. Ollie and I have spoken... Um, uh, quite a bit about having you on and finally we have and, and I'm so grateful to hear your story about the Homeless Project and Bayside Homeless Housing I think you're doing an incredible job um, and I, I really don't understand how you stay so like chill you, you seem so cool calm and collected I want a I just want a bit of that <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, I just yeah keep doing what you're doing because it's absolutely amazing. Thank
1: you. Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: um, our pleasure. Um, please subscribe to our YouTube to get the full Speak Up experience. Follow us on Spotify to be notified when a new episode goes live. Leave us a very friendly review on Apple Podcasts and um, let us know who we should have on our next episode. If you're not already on uh, um, Instagram or following us, uh, check us out. It's apparel official. Yeah, cool. I'm glad I knew that. And uh, we'll link everything about um, Bayside Homeless Housing and the Homeless Project below. So um, thanks for tuning in. See ya.